This episode is sponsored by The Jordan Harbinger Show. Named the best podcast of 2018 by Apple. Tons of fascinating guests. Untold stories you won't hear anywhere else. Expand your wisdom and discover other perspectives that you've never considered before with The Jordan Harbinger Show. Join Jordan as he interviews high-profile people as well as intriguing personalities. Each episode features a discussion that might just take you anywhere. I recommend episode 970, where Jordan and guest Annie Jacobson talk nuclear annihilation. How likely is it? How scared should you be? And what comes after? There's also episode 886 with David Farina, which delves into the wacky world of flat earthers. These episodes are great starting points, but you're sure to find deep, interesting, and thought-provoking topics throughout Jordan's catalog. Turn off the music and turn up the wisdom with The Jordan Harbinger Show. We really enjoy this show and we think you will as well. There's just so much here. Check out jordanharbinger.com start for some episode recommendations or search for The Jordan Harbinger Show. That's H-A-R-B as in boy, I-N as in Nancy, G-E-R. Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Today's thumbnail was another amazing work of Diana Andrea. Be sure to check her link in the description for more awesomeness. There is true evil on this planet. This world is a strange one. Tonight, I have a very bizarre and chilling set of stories that I'm pretty excited about. These stories feature real monsters and cryptids, but with one chilling difference than the usual. These creature sightings are more bizarre or evil. So put on your skepticism cap and put away the candy. Let's dive into five real demon creature encounters. I do want to give a quick shout out to our new donating badass, Marcel D. Thanks for supporting our website project. Also, we are looking for hospital horror stories or sea creature encounters, so be sure to submit your story today at darknessprevails.org slash submit. Now, here are some nightmares to make your Halloween night even better. Number one, it was wider than the moon. Submitted by Fugger X. Well, in fear of sounding crazy or hallucinogenic, I've refrained from telling this story for a while. However, I've decided that sharing it online wouldn't matter, so, during this occurrence, I was 15, and I was currently staying with my grandparents over a weekend. They lived on an isolated farm in the middle of nowhere, so naturally I had fun being able to venture this large area they owned. Of course, I could have never foreseen what I had coming. I often enjoyed going around their acres of wood in the day as I saw many interesting areas, and I also enjoyed screwing around with their machete being a young boy I was. 
My grandpa and I would go out at night and look around for deer using a flashlight. This was just for fun with no hunting intended as we weren't that type of family. This is something we enjoyed doing in the past many times before. However, it has been nearly four years since we had done it again. I was somewhat caught off guard when he denied my request to go out that night looking for deer. For some perspective, my grandpa is a very laid back and happy person. But this night he was different, he seemed very stern. He did not want to scare me for what I had yet to learn, but he was just very general, saying don't go out at night, claiming his eyesight had worsened. I knew he was hiding something, this was not like him. So being the young, energetic boy I was, I snuck out once they were asleep. I was a big fan of creepy stories and I thought it would be fun to give myself some chills and be alone in the night. Boy, was that dumb of me. I managed to find his flashlight in the kitchen and checked it to make sure it wasn't dead. To my delight, it wasn't, so I very quietly slid through the front door of the house and made off to the path we always took in the night. Right away, I paused and I thought, if I want a good scare, why not go a new way? So I no longer followed the path we usually took, the path of cleared branches and whatnot. I now took off on a new path. The trees were thick here and created a near screen-like effect in the wilderness. I noticed that there were no frogs croaking or no bugs chirping as I ventured as they did before. The sun was well gone by now, so it was difficult to not be brushed by branches as I walked. Eventually, I began to enjoy the creepy vibe until I heard this sound. It was a slow croak, like a moan. It came from somewhere in front of me. I immediately froze. Instantly, I was in denial of hearing this. It's difficult to describe, like a mix between a dog's growl and a demented recording of a child's voice. I then heard branches snapping. At first about two snaps, then three. Then they kept repeating as if the creature began quickening pace. At this point, I'm sure you can guess I was no longer enjoying myself. I figured that showing fear never seemed to work, so I attempted to show boldness and shouted, whoever you are, I've got a gun. Of course, I did not own a gun, so I was bluffing. I figured it might've worked since the snapping of twigs had stopped. Then I looked up and I immediately regretted leaving the house. Facing me was a pure white humanoid-shaped creature. It was somehow both slim and muscular, but its eyes were dark, dark black, and its teeth were sharpened to a point. It had arms stretching down to its feet in length. It was mounted on a branch with its gangly arm around the tree's trunk. It gave off a gurgle-like growl as I turned around and made a run for it. I heard branches begin to snap, rather thick ones, as the creature began swinging towards me speedily. I was terrified and I began to scream in hope that it would leave me alone. I repeatedly screamed over and over until I nearly lost my voice. My throat was in pain. Eventually, I found my way back to the house and I was running to open the glass area in front of the farmhouse. The front door was open and my immediate thought was that I had led this creature to my grandparents for a nice meal. I was terrified, but I knew what was right, so I sprinted inside and ran through the living room. Directly across from the living room hallway was a back door to the outside, and peering back at me, nearly stopping my heart, was the creature standing at about seven feet tall on the back deck. I was so scared I could barely move until something yanked me into my grandparents' bedroom. It was my grandpa with a look of fear in his face, and my grandma was in tears. He scolded me harshly, keeping his eyes peeled to the thing outside. He seemed both extremely angry and apologetic. And eventually, after the scolding, he said, I'm sorry I wasn't clear enough. I just didn't know what to say. That thing outside has been terrorizing us for the last couple of months. I'm lucky to be here now. I never truly explained, and I'm sorry. 
I was about to cry, but I was too scared. We all grew very quiet, and they eventually told me to go to sleep with them that night. I woke up later that night by noises on the roof directly above our bedroom. It was scratching. The creature then hung its head from above down to the window, peering in at me as its head was upside down. I gasped, and I was paralyzed in fear with this thing staring at me. I was too terrified to even wake my grandparents, who I'm sure would just tell me to go back to sleep and try to ignore it. I could feel tears streaming down my face, and finally, I just hid under the covers, being truly scared as I was. After a long while, the thing was gone from the window, and it was morning. That day, we ate a very quiet breakfast, but I finally broke the silence. What the hell is it? My grandparents looked at each other, and my grandpa spoke. We don't know, and neither can we do anything about it. We're sorry, and I know you probably don't want to come back. We barely want to stay here ourselves, but this is our home. The accuracy of that statement was painful. I just downplayed any negative worries I had to make them feel better. Well, what does it want? Grandpa explained the missing people found dead and brutalized in those massive woods before. Authorities would always match them to known criminals, so that was the end of that. But for Grandpa, he believes the creature has something to do with it. I honestly wanted to throw up just thinking about it. Then I proceeded to stay indoors the rest of the night, and I left in the morning. However, due to being as far out as their farm was, we needed to leave early in the morning for school. To my dismay, it was still dark out when we left for school. And as we drove down the long driveway next to a wheat field, I caught a glimpse of three large white figures staring at our moving car as we drove off into the distance. I wanted to scream, but I kept myself quiet, and eventually we made it to school. I've yet to go back there. I miss my grandparents, but I honestly hope I never go back. Number two, Alone in the Dark. Submitted by Nightshade. Okay, first off, I'm a guy and I'm 26. I've been around the paranormal quite commonly and it's one of those things that led me to working with horror makeup and whatnot. There are many scary tales I can tell but this one hits close to home and I felt it is more fitting to tell as my first tale to share with you all. About three years ago, I lived in Colorado. I lived with a family that took me in during a dark time in my life. They were all gamers and had opened up to me and I eventually became one myself. One night, I had gotten into a fight with my girlfriend at the time and pissed off, I stormed off into the night, but the family didn't want to see me hurt or worse, dead in the woods, so they went looking for me. I traveled one of the bike trails that led into a heavily wooded area, a good distance from the home. I heard a strange screech and branches sounding like they were being bent and snapped slowly. I turned around looking for the source of the sound, expecting to see coyotes roaming or a deer, but no coyote or deer could have made the screech I had just heard. I then turned to leave the wooded area and I saw it. This thing was hunched over eating something on the ground. I couldn't see it clearly, but the thing it was eating was twitching. I pulled out my flashlight and aimed it towards the thing, and what I saw will always be carved into my memory. It looked like it had moss growing off of its body. Its skin was almost wood-like, but flesh too, if that makes any sense. The poor animal it was chewing on looked to be a little fawn that couldn't call for help, as its mouth was grasped shut by these bone-like and moss-covered fingers. Then I heard a sickening snap, and the fawn stopped moving. I was shocked at what I was seeing, the thing slowly walked into the woods, dragging the fawn's body with it. I thought to myself, I need to run, 
but it could not move as this thing was still nearby, somewhere in the trees. I was lucky it hadn't seen me yet. I could not stay still any longer though, and I charged the path, making it out of the wooded area. And when I turned to look back, the thing was watching me leave, with the fawn still in its hand. I stood there watching the thing walk back into the woods, and a member of the house found me. They looked at me and asked if I was okay, and I responded with, I am now. I never saw the thing again after that night, and I never really told my adopted family about it either. Part of me still feels like it was a nightmare of some sort, but if that's the case, it was the most vivid nightmare I've ever had. Number three, the dog older than man. Submitted by Matthew S. My dad is a paranormally active man. He says he witnesses paranormal things almost every week, while everyone else in my family rarely sees anything vaguely paranormal. The only thing really bizarre I've seen was something being out of place from where I put it. Then again, that could have just been me. The story I am about to tell happened to my dad about three years ago. This happened in his old house in Council Bluffs, Iowa. It all started back when my father was very angry about a lot of things, such as bills and being sued by the bank for not paying those bills and other things, mostly centered around money troubles, as he does not have a well-paying job. All of this had him so worked up that he punched the wall of his bedroom, making a blood-covered hole from his bloody knuckles. Without a thought, he wiped those bleeding knuckles on the wall, and from that point on, everything got worse. That night, when he was asleep, he found himself unable to move while laying in his bed in the complete darkness. From that darkness, a mist began to form, and something he can only describe as a demon entered the room from seemingly nowhere. My father described the creature as being a wolf, but large, like the size of a buffalo. It could barely fit in his room. It had black fur and red eyes, with a very wrinkled snout that seemed to bend in the middle, but that was not the worst part of its appearance. It also had large human skin-colored hands like of a normal person, but its arms were attached to what was just a dog or wolf's body. The creature raised its hands and strangled my dad, and at the same time, it started to talk to my father, but not with its mouth, because that was snarling and barking. No, it talked by using some sort of telepathy, I guess. And it said this, I am become of many cultures. I am become before man. You have called me. After that, my father somehow broke away from the creature's grip, but it disappeared along with the mist. He woke up thinking it was a nightmare, but after stumbling to the bathroom the next morning, he found two large hand-shaped bruises on his neck. Nowadays, my dad rarely talks about the creature itself, but only states that doing what he did, mixing someone's blood on the wall with a lot of black energy such as anger or hate, will cause this creature to go after the one whose blood was on the wall. He also says that he knows the creature's name, but will not say it, because he fears that saying the demon's name will give it power and beckon him. This episode is sponsored by June's Journey. Do you believe in monsters? And given the chance, would you be brave enough to track one down on your own? In June's Journey, people are the true monsters, and you can live the story yourself rather than sitting back and listening to one. June's Journey is a hidden object game with a thrilling murder mystery set in the Roaring Twenties. You play as June on the hunt for your sister's murderer. Discover clues through exciting hidden object scenes with beautiful and atmospheric illustrations and music. 
Victory brings you closer to new plot points and suspenseful answers. When not hunting for clues, you can customize your own luxurious estate island with gardens, buildings, and decor. Or chat and play with or against other players too, in the Detective Club, where you could even put your skills to the test in the Detective League. June's journey is both relaxing and fun to play. With my busy schedule, I find it's the perfect game to pick up and play whenever I've got a free moment. It doesn't demand too much time, and it's pretty satisfying solving puzzles quickly and unlocking new clues. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Number four, it came into my garage. Submitted by Jay. A little background first, I am 16 and in my sophomore year of high school. Since I'm working to graduate next year, I often stay up late working on papers. I live in front of a large woodland in a small town in Georgia and spend a lot of time outside. I've had paranormal experiences in the past, but this one is my most recent and still shakes me to the core thinking about it. Last week, I was sitting in my garage with my boyfriend and laptop working on some AP work. It was around 8 o'clock at night and on a Thursday evening. In the beginning, my boyfriend and I were screwing around, casually stealing kisses from one another. My mom came out around 8.30 and he went inside to help my brother complete some math work. For the next few hours, my mother was casually tagging items for an upcoming yard sale. I was facing the back wall of the garage in front of an old mirror, busily typing away on my old laptop and sometimes glancing at the mirror watching my mother work. My mother finished her work and told me to shut the garage when I was done. Note, where I was sitting, I could see the garage area behind me and the moonlit driveway. It was about 10 at night when I was finally finishing up my work. But then I heard it. It was a sound unlike anything I had heard before. Living in front of some woods, I've heard the call of coyotes, the barks of our neighbor's dogs, and the songs of the wild birds. But this, this was something new. It sounded at first like the laughter of children, and then it morphed into the screams and cries of what sounded like young women. I froze. That's a new one, I thought. I slipped my earbuds in and turned on some music. I continued to type until I was just about done. But still, with earbuds in, I heard it again. That eerie wail resounded from the woods right behind my house, this time much, much closer. I began to get uneasy, and I kept nervously glancing up at the mirror. All I saw was an empty driveway, lit with the pale blue light of the moon. I had finished my work, and I was about to go inside when I froze. My whole body was seized with fear. I could feel a raw power of terror surging into my veins. I took out my earbuds and I listened. A twig snapped and I jumped. I began to look up when I saw it. Standing right there in my driveway, about 10 feet behind me was this thing. It was about 7 feet tall and covered in matted brown fur. It smelled of dried blood and a creek bed. Its head was the part that really unnerved me. It looked like a deer, yet it wasn't. Almost human-like, I guess, but it had long, twisted horns. It looked like a decaying deer head with hollowed-out eyes. I felt like I was going to throw up. 
It slowly looked up at me and made eye contact with my reflection in the mirror, then began to walk toward me, picking up its heavy hoved feet. It was a slow thump, thump, thump that rattled my whole body. I couldn't move, but hot tears slowly streamed down my face. It was so close I could feel its hot breath on my neck. It reached up with long clawed hands and slowly ran its claws down my back. My mind was screaming and I thought that would be it. I was about to pass out when the door leading to my house opened and my boyfriend took one look at the thing and screamed. The beast was then gone, but not before leaving a scratch mark across my scalp. I was bleeding and crying hysterically as my boyfriend quickly shut the garage and ran to hold me. He held me as I cried in fear and I could not stop shaking. He stayed long enough for me to feel better, to feel calmer. But then he had to leave because of the curfew and as you can imagine, I did not sleep that night. I'm still not sleeping well this week and I can't even look outside my windows at night for fear of what I may see and what may see me. And number five, Lust and Terror, submitted by T. Nazello. I rue prefaces like this, but I, like many others, feel compelled to do so. Unfortunately, at the risk of being anticlimactic, I must warn you now the spoiler or reveal is less than explosive. Now, I know this sounds like a steaming pile of reason not to read, but give it a chance and I promise not to disappoint. So, here we go. Long ago in the mid-90s, when I was younger and more virile, I had a friend with benefits. I was 20 and she was a year or two younger. Now, a little background for reference. This girl, we'll call her Sonia, was actually an old friend from childhood when I was eight or nine. Both of our fathers were Navy men. So we met in the early 80s when we lived in Japan on Atsuki Navy Base on the central island of Japan, Honshu. Years later, we are both living in Virginia, now in the 90s, and upon seeing each other again, we rejoiced in the odds of such an event and began to hang out. Now at a more adult level, we shared many interests, RPGs, music, all that was dark, but not quite goth and so on. As our relationship began to ramp up, we became partners in crime. We went on LSD outings in the woods for adventures that almost defy the ability to describe. We began to bond beyond just good friends. We tried to keep our feelings and actions private to avoid chiding and teasing from our other friends. But after a while, we just said, screw it. One particular night, we had a naughty yet exciting idea. With our good friend Vladimir, cheap high volume vodka, we decided to visit the Coliseum. Now the Coliseum isn't as grand as it sounds. It was an old patch of woodland situated right behind a local suburb. You'd have to park near a stranger's house, hope no one knows he notices and make your way past the no trespassing construction signs. And then finally you go over a monstrous hill of earth that had been excavated due to development in this one untouched patch of quiet woods. Once over the hill, we descended down to the level trail flanked on both sides by thick forests. Now, if one were to follow the tractor-wide dirt trail long enough, about a mile or two, you would eventually emerge near an old highway and a convenience store. However, we did not venture nearly that far. Just beyond the base of the hill, we found a large log laying on its side. We both agreed as we drank some of the vodka that it would do. So we sat on the old log drinking just enough to relax. And it wasn't long before we took it to the next level. I want to say while I have done drugs and enjoyed them and while yes, we did drink some this night, I know what I saw and what I heard. As we are in the act, trying to stay on the old log, she keeps looking to the right, gazing into the woods. It's not like she wasn't into what we were doing or she was bored, but every now and then, I would notice her large brown eyes staring into the woods as if she was trying to focus on something. She never made any noise or movement to suggest alarm. And let's be honest, at my age, Bigfoot could have been taping us and I wasn't stopping. 
I did notice this action every now and then, but for the most part, Sonya seemed to be really into it. We finally finish and start putting ourselves together and everything is gravy. I helped her up. And collected, we dig in to climb the mega hill of dirt to return to my car and get up out of there. Still no problems, everything is as it should be. My endorphins were still kicking, and at this point the vodka was just keeping me warm. We get to the car, safe and ready to go, when Sonya looks at me and says, Crap, I left my bag. I sigh in resignation, not looking forward to climbing the hill of death again. But what do you do, right? I'll get it, I cheerfully told her, and hopped out of the car. The old still door sounded loud in the late night quiet of the slumbering neighborhood. I paused for a moment, waiting, hoping no lights ignited from within a nearby home alerted to our presence, but there was nothing. So attempting to maintain my manliness, I marched forward toward the hill. I scaled it once more, knowing I had to do it one more time after I got her back. I was starting to get winded. My mind was exceptionally clear as I approached the log, and there it was, her bag sitting right where she had left it. I wasn't in the least aggravated. It was a common mistake, one I am usually guilty of, leaving crap behind. I lean over, grab the bag, and turn to make my hasty exit when I hear it. A noise, the cracking of wood, branches in the woods. Consequently, the same direction Sonya had been checking out while we were getting it on. I didn't take note of that small important factoid at the moment, only in hindsight. I assumed as most people would, it was an animal. Obvious, right? Now, to be candid, I am not an outdoorsman in the classic sense, nor am I a hunter. Fishing is about as close as I come to that genre of entertainment and relaxation. At 19, I was more into girls, cars, and games. I know, surprise, right? I began my windy trek up the large dirt mound when I heard it again. Except this time, it sounded much more violent and close. I will admit that during this time, my friends and I were heavily into RPGs featuring vampires and werewolves and such. Everything in our collective conversations or drug alcohol outings were influenced by these games. I guess in a nutshell, at some level, we all wanted to believe in a world of darkness, but were genuinely well-grounded and sane. That being said, I am not jumpy, nor do I default to the unlikely or supernatural as a result of my interests and hobbies. Just because you like Jason movies doesn't mean you actually believe Jason is following you. That being said, I never discount the possibility, despite the very low probability of such incidents and encounters. Now I stop near the summit of the giant dirt hill, and I can just see over it, but not enough to see my car or anything else of consequence. The hill is so massive, it completely blocks or distorts the streetlights on the other side, making my side of the hill very patchy with shadows and extreme low light. Beyond that, darkness. Pitch black, so to speak. I can make up the trail in the perimeter of the woods, but not in any great detail. I could see trees, brush, and dark, and that was about it. However, I could hear it plain as day. Whatever it was, I want to be clear. This was not my imagination, not the vodka we had finished up, and not the LSD that I had taken hours ago. It was moving fast through such dense terrain with reckless abandon. I could hear branches and leaves being crushed, snapped, shoved, and otherwise molested as this thing approached my position. I just stood there for what seemed like a long time, but in reality, it was maybe half a minute or more. I remember thinking, I kind of want to see what this is. I knew it wasn't a deer or a dog or even a wild boar, which would have shocked me in itself, but no dice. How did you know, I might ask? Well, first, as I mentioned, whatever it was sounded huge, big enough to be a person barreling through the dense forest, but it wasn't a person. The sounds came next and ultimately influenced my decision to not identify this thing. While crushing and crashing towards my location through the dense foliage, I began to hear a deep growl. Whatever it was sounded pissed. That's the only way I can remember it. Just rage and anger bounding in my direction as if on a mission. 
these almost languid sounds from deep throatly growls to spits and hisses. The ferocity coming from those dark woods, coupled with its juggernaut-like approach, piqued my terror. It hit me like reality bricks. I snapped out of it, and without even thinking about it, I decided I had no need to see this thing. I was out. I crest the hill, hesitating for a second just to confirm I'm not crazy or high, and that's all I needed. The sounds were drawing closer at a violent, terrifying rate. I needed to move now or something very bad was going to happen to me. I ran. I barely remember getting in the car and tossing Sonya's bag unceremoniously into her lap. I do remember fumbling with the keys in a panic like some horror movie idiot. Sonya asks, what's wrong, what the hell? I didn't answer, or maybe I mumbled something about needing to get out of there. Finally, I started the old Mustang and popped it into gear and peeled out. Get away, get away was all I could think over and over. Finally, I pulled up in front of Sonia's house and I'm feeling much calmer, but haven't said a word. I shut off the car, turned to Sonia and tell her exactly what happened. She listened intently and never betrayed a hint of disbelief. When I finished, I exhaled and reached in the back seat for the vodka. That's when Sonia told me what she had sensed or seen. She said she didn't know how to describe it, but she said while we were going at it, she kept seeing weird shadowy movements, but she did not think it warranted interrupting our fun. She said she just kept getting a weird feeling. I guess it wasn't a big enough red flag. Now to be fair, Sonya is big into the occult, and in my opinion, she talked a bigger game than she played. But we all have something that defines us. Some just do it better than others. I'm not saying she was a poser or a fake, but a little eccentric. So needless to say, she believed me, and she even had some theories about our experience. I walked her to her door and began my short trip home. The whole way home, I was lost in thought. What was that thing? What if I had just gotten a single glimpse? I could still feel the shaking wearing off from the harrowing experience. I shut off the car at my residence and just sat in the car pondering the details. What would have erupted from the dark tree line? Was it a well-timed and well-constructed prank? Unlikely, whatever it was, it scared the hell out of me, and in my humble opinion, it was not human. I feel very confident in saying it, in saying that it wasn't just some animal either. That leaves an unlikely possibility, but I know what I heard and I know what I felt. To this day, I think back to that night and still have no more answers than I did. Those woods were right behind a huge neighborhood near people, near civilization, but something else was there too. So whatever it was in those woods that night, I don't know if we trespassed on your land or you could smell our pheromones. Whatever the reason, let's not almost meet again. This world is full of dangers and evils that wait for us in every dark nook and cranny. Sure, we are surrounded by wildlife every day, but there are paranormal things at work whether we like it or not. There are creatures, both physical and spiritual, that want to do us harm. It makes you wonder if the next time you venture into the woods, will you be the next missing person case that is never solved? Good night. Be sure to like, share, comment, and subscribe if you enjoyed the video. And if you've got a story about sea creatures or creepy hospitals, don't forget to send it to us at darknessprevails.org submit. Thanks.